Hey, it's the episode two of Hot Points, my podcast. And thank you if you watched the first one. If you didn't watch it, why not? It's pretty good. And um, to the ones who watched it, thanks for your response. I appreciate it. Got some positive feedback, and that's good because positive feedback is always appreciated. My second guest is Katie Wilkerson. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm fine. Um, so, for those for those for those who don't know, she is a production designer at SCAD, and also she's a dramatic writing major. I personally know her more for production design. Why is that? Well, that's what I think. That dramatic writing is more of a passion of mine, whereas production design is more of my career path. So I want to write and sell scripts, but not depend on them. Okay. Yeah. So if you were to pick one of them, and you had to pick one of them. Mm. That's hard. Is it? Because As a profession, to make money, production design. Okay. I think it's like, it's a more fun working environment, okay. but I think that, like in an art form, I really love writing. Okay. And um, so you're a production designer here. What year are you right now? I'm a senior, but yes. I've got another year because so major. Yeah. And what do you, what do you? We also have the voice of God here. If sometimes <laughs> it comes <laughs> in. <laughs> so. Good evening. <laughs> nice. So, what do you think about the? production design program at SCAD? Ooh, getting right into it. Um, I think that our, our department is amazing. It has, it's growing really fast. I think it's one of the fastest growing departments at SCAD. Um, I think that in the past it has grown um, at a pace that SCAD wasn't able to keep up with. So we had less professors than could teach as many classes as um, there needed to be for how many students we had. And uh, yeah, do you want me to just get into it? Yeah. Um, I think that we have a really great base for live theater. I think that our live theater designers are amazing and have lots of support and it's a really great environment to work in. Um, I think that our collaboration with film could use a lot of work. Right. I think it's on the up. I think we've we're starting to make our presence known, the designers within the department that favor film. Um, but in the past, we just haven't had the professors to teach those classes. Um, and our the professors that we do have are amazing and very supportive of different um, paths within production design, but they just uh, haven't had the means to support the growth in the department. Well, you say that um, 
the presence of production design is only now being more felt in mm -hmm. film. Mm -hmm. um, but that's strange to me because production design is a big part of film. Mm -hmm. um, without production design, you can't have film unless you're literally filming where you live or yeah. where you work. So can you, can you explain more? What do you mean by that? Um, I think that in, there's, there's a lot of demand for production designers within film that hasn't been able to be met in the past. So a lot of like freshmen in narrative films go without production designers simply because they can't find them. And then I think film students learn to work without production designers. Um, and so when they do, when they are required to work with production designers, they don't always know how to communicate with them or what their job is. I feel like every time I'm on a set with people that I haven't worked with before, I get asked what my job is. Like, what do you do? What is a production designer's job? Which is insane that a junior film student would not know what a production designer is. Um, you know, like a major department head of film. But they would ask you to come under film. Yeah. So, so they would say, we need a production designer, and then you would show up and they'll say, what do you do? Yeah. So I think um, a lot of times film students think of production design as kind of labor and not craft, like cinematography. Um, so directors have this idea of what they f want their film to look like, um, and instead of asking someone to come on as an artist who can bring ideas and elevate their ideas, they just want someone to execute what they had already had in mind um, and not bring anything creative to the table. Um, and when, I, I think because there has been so few production design, not f so few, so there's not as many available production design students to work on films because it's not like, you know, cinematography, um, gaffing, where you can work on a film every single weekend. Like, it takes, like, most of what we do is in pre-production. And so we can't work on films every weekend. Like, it's a big commitment for us to work on a film. And so it's harder to find crew. So a lot of times students end up working alone or um, crews end up having to film without a production designer and then they don't learn how to talk to a production designer. So they end up working with freshman designers who haven't worked on films before because that's all that they can find and they let film students tell them what their job is because they haven't been in classes yet. And so then you kind of, it's just like very cyclical. Like it creates a bad collaborating environment when film students are telling production designers what their job is instead of production designers bringing to the table what they know their job is and teaching each other. And then film students kind of have that idea reinforced that this person is on this crew to, to 
service our ideas and not bring anything to the table. Okay. I think the most important part of what you said, based on what my perception is, is that people forget that production design has a big design element in it. Um, production design is not just, hey, this is what we have, so this is set day, we're shooting today, go and make this storage room look like a restaurant. Mm -hmm. It's not magic. Mm -hmm. So I think what's neglected most of the time is the design element. That just like how a film needs pre-production for months, a good film, um, good production design would need months of designing for a production designer that actually cares. Because, you know, there are film majors who, I can't say they don't care, but they don't care enough to mm -hmm. perfect their craft. And I'm sure on the other side, there are production designers who are also, they don't care to perfect their craft. But we're talking about the perfect environment here. I think that um, it's really important for production designers to be brought on from the primary stages of a film. And... Um, you know, we're talking about SCADs, film and TV, not like Mary Poppins here. Mm -hmm. So I do understand a lot of the times the concern with locations. Mm -hmm. um, we're students, so a lot of businesses don't want to work with us because we don't have a huge budget to give them. So a lot of the times it goes on to the last weeks before shoot or a week before shoot, two weeks before shoot. It's not ideal, but sometimes it happens where your final resort finally says, yes, you can film. So, um, but the whole, the perfect situation would be for the production design to be brought on. This is the location we have, or at least this is the, these are our options. And this is the look that we were thinking. And then basically collaborating with a production designer to think what they think and coming up with the best looking environment for their film. So long story short, the design element is forgotten sometimes, and that's, probably the biggest element do you do you agree with that I think starting out working on student films a lot of times I wouldn't even get to see the location in person until we shot um, I think it's really important for a designer to get to see the location design acquire what they need to make that design a reality and then get into the space and set up before shooting. I think it's really stressful to ask a production designer to make something look good without the forethought of seeing the location. Um, it, it, it's a, like a lot of times we don't find a location until the week before shooting and then yeah you end up having to make a warehouse a restaurant it's not fun it's really stressful so what do you think the solution is when for example a location is being difficult to find so i want to film in a cafe and um, my ideal cafe is the one i have shown you months ago but for some reason that cafe ends up canceling on me and i have to go find a new one and we're a week away from shooting um, we find a new cafe which looks completely different. Mm -hmm. So what, what is your uh, solution to that? I think ideally, ideally, and like because we're filming, you know, 
based on the quarter and for the classes that we're in, it's not always possible. But if you are a week before your shooting um, date and you just got your location, ideally you'd push your dates back and give your crew some more time to work with the location that they've been given. But if you can't do that, I think that, I mean, there's all sorts of solutions to that kind of problem. Like, I think you know beforehand when you start pre-production if a location is going to be, to possibly not be locked, and so you have backup plans. Yeah. Um, you know, you go into pre-production with backup plans so that you don't have to end up solving the problem the week before you shoot because it's not fair really to a crew to ask to ask them to design in that short amount of time and then they're designing and acquiring and setting up and shooting in days well i think so as i said the whole location thing I meant it more as a as a difficulty that comes up, not as someone just not thinking about it until the last minute. And let's say they give you a location a week before as a production designer, right? Um, the other one canceled, they found a new one, okay, we're a week away. What is your process in basically scrapping your plan and coming up with a quick fix, a problem solve? Honestly, at this point, um, I don't think there's any reason to develop a whole new plan in a week. And like before, I think when I was first starting to work on films, I did want to convince people that I could, you know, make the impossible possible. But at this point, I think you know, problems arise and locations drop out, but you need a backup plan when you first get the location, right. not when it drops. And then you have to figure out what you're gonna do without that location. You have to think about what would we do if we don't have this location. And if you don't have a backup plan, then it's really unfair. To, I mean, and I know like, it, I mean, it sucks, you've got classes, you've got to make a film happen, but it's also not fair to ask a designer to give up all of their spare time in that week before you shoot for a film that their professors aren't going to see and drop all their classwork, you know, pay attention to only this film for something that's not going to look as good as it should. And it's not going to be worth the stress of devoting only their time and attention to this film for a week and it's not going to look as good as it should if it if you're problem solving when the problem arises and not beforehand okay but sometimes you can't see the problem coming right but i think that's like i think film students tend to hot take here um think that they're entitled to a crew's time but if if I've offered problem-solving solutions a month beforehand and they weren't followed up on and now our location drops a week beforehand 
that's, I mean, at that point, I can't, it's not magic. I think we're, we were talking about that before, like production design is not magic, it's planning and organizing. And I mean, sometimes we can make something happen in a week, but if we go from having a location to not having a location, the shooting dates need to change. Um, see, it's, it's hard for me to, it's hard for me to agree with that mm -hmm. just because I've seen both sides. Like I've seen everything go well. Everything goes according to plan, smooth, and, and sometimes out of your control, mm -hmm. um, things come up. And I feel, you say that film students sometimes think they're entitled to their cruise time. Uh, I don't think it's entitlement. It's, it's saying that, hey, I approached you for this film. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's also a trust thing. I think, like, mm -hmm. if someone comes to me, I mainly, I direct films and I, I edit. And I, but I've done other things. So if someone comes to me and be like, hey, I want you to AD my film, right? Although that's not what I do, I always feel honored that someone wants to um, trust an important part of their film and put their trust in me basically for that mm -hmm. film. So I think it's, I think, I don't think it's entitlement. I think it's reliance and trust, especially as film students where we don't pay anyone. We uh, have, I mean, I guess there are lots of sets that provide good food, but sometimes we don't even feed people well sometimes. Um, no payments. Uh, you have to go to class the next day. You have a lot of homework. You're on set. But, you know, when you're working in the industry, that's your job. You get paid for it. You don't have class the next day. Mm -hmm. um, that's your life. So my point being is that when things fail, um, what your responsibility is not to fix my problem, mm -hmm. right? That's responsibility. But then I think people, who, people stand out who understand situations, who are like, okay, I understand this is not going according to plan and it will not be as good as we intended to, but we will still make it good. I think it, it depends on what, uh, like if it's a cafe scene, right. like you were talking about. Yeah. I agree that like, I think there needs to be a certain amount of loyalty to the projects that you're working on and like a faith in the story that you're telling that you want to see it look good and you want to solve this problem. But if I'm told that our location dropped a week before we shoot and we're not, we can't change the shooting dates and we have no prospective locations and we don't have a plan B at that point, um, I don't think it's unfair to say, listen, I've got classes, I've got to do my work. It would be unhealthy for me to take on, you know, a month and a half of pre-production in a week. And so if you want me to work on your film, either we should have, you know, problem solved this a month and a half ago, 
which I think is always the answer, or move your shoot dates, which you can't always do because, I mean, it's just, it's a sticky situation. For sure. When problems arise, like, and like you said, it's not the crew's job to fix the problem. They just have to be willing to be a part of the problem solving. Um, but if it's impossible, then it's not, I don't think fair to ask a crew to work on something and be stressed and live an unhealthy week to not get something out of it, like a portfolio piece, like something that they came into the project thinking they were going to have. And, you know, I think, as you say, it's a sticky situation because sometimes you can make it work. Mm -hmm. But sometimes if you have a whole, you know, set build that's specific to that location or measurements that, you know, you're bringing specific things that would only work in that location because of how you planned it for, a cafe seems more generic to me. So maybe that's a bad example. But I completely agree that some locations that are pivotal to your story, once they change, it screws up with everything that you planned for. And yes, then that's not reasonable to say, oh, well, we have to film there, so make it work while it's kind of impossible to make it work. Working hard on a project that you believe in is good, but I think that there's an unhealthy expectation at like film schools and in a competitive environment to do whatever it takes even at the um, decrement of your own health. Decrement? Is that a I get the meaning, so yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to challenge it. Um, so, yes, but also I'm thinking about the industry. I was recently talking to a director who is in the industry, and then he was talking about how people, stand, people who have the time of the world and make something work don't usually stand up. People who make something happen under pressure are the ones who stand out because they did not have the privilege of having everything and making it work. They had very specific limitations, but they still made something wonderful, which I think we still do. Being students and making things that are quote-unquote not student-y um, is amazing because we work with limited budgets. Um, I mean, you know, there are bigger budgets film uh, bigger budget films made by students that are like 20k which to us that's a crazy number but you know the low budget films in the industry are 2 million mm -hmm. which is 10 times 100 times right sure. 20,000 10 times will be 200,000 and then 100 times would be I'm pretty sure it's 100 so a hundred times um, more, and that's a, a low but A thousand times. Really? Yeah, two million's a lot. Twenty thousand? Twenty, th oh, I thought. So twenty thousand times ten is two hundred times hundred, two million. I think that's right. Math. Yeah. I think um, when that's their low budget, and then, well, you got to also think that's a feature film. That's like 90 minutes long. We make 20 minutes But long. here's the difference, is that... I tweeted this the other day. Um, like, don't expect me 
to work for you as if I'm getting paid if you're not treating my time like you're paying for it. Like... That, that slightly triggers me because I was on the set uh, of a film and someone told me, I'm not even getting paid for this. I got so no. angry. And that's the thing. I think as long as you're being respectful of people's time, they should treat whatever project they're working on as if they're being paid for it. But it's when I'm asked to do something in a week where the end result isn't going to look good, that's yeah. different than pulling out something that's impossible for something that's going to look amazing and be worth it. Yeah. And it, it's different. When you're asked to do labor for somebody else's grade and you're not getting to put creative input in, on it, you're just doing labor to pull something out for someone else who isn't even treating your time like you have better things to do, like your time is valuable, then why are you doing that? Well, let me ask you this. When you work on a film, um, do you care about... So you said no professor is going to see it mm -hmm. um, earlier. But does that really matter? It does. And I think it is changing. But the reason it matters is because you have professors um, telling you how to produce a film, telling you how to direct, um, and our professors are teaching us how to design and teaching us how to collaborate within an art department, but they're not there on these sets that we're working on to reinforce that we're being treated correctly by film students. And so when you have production designers that are being taught how to design from film students, we don't have our professors there to say, no, that's not what your job is. This is what your job is. And so if we do work that's not being critiqued by our industry professionals, then, I mean, it just is unfortunate. And I think it's changing. I think, I mean, I've sat down and talked with professors about, with several different professors about, like, my experiences working in the film department. And, like, two years ago, the answers that we got when we told them like we're having bad experiences working in film was don't work on those films. Mm -hmm. But then you get production designers working on films that aren't in communication with their professors and it just cycles into this poor communication between film and production design. And I think now we are having to address that there's a demand for production designers in film we need to make sure that our production designers know what their job is and how to communicate with film students so that film students know how to communicate with production designers. And it can only benefit, like, both departments. Okay. But I don't think that's a college setting for a professor to be there present to supervise what you're doing. I think... I think, you know, you well, said... Well, in the way that film professors supervise the films. Well, film professors don't know, do it either. but they're offering critique. Yeah, they're giving but, advice. But, but let me complete. Um, you said that two years ago when you would ask your professors, they would say, don't work on those films. Um, I think there is a truth to it. Because when someone offers you a job in a film set, in a student set, and they're like, hey, will you work on my film? Even if I don't know that person because of how close-knitted we are as the entertainment um, section of SCAT. 
we have an idea of how this person is. Now, sometimes we get the wrong info. Sometimes we hear like, oh, so-and-so, awful. And that's not true because you had a bad working experience with him or her. It doesn't mean that they're awful. But I think if you're selectional with what you work on and what you dedicate your time to, um, mm -hmm. then that, like a part of it is your responsibility in what you take. Even when it comes to uh, 10 years from now when you have, I don't know, hopefully when you have like 10 job offers to do production design, um, you will know that, oh, this is like a $500,000 film budget with people that I do not know at all and someone who's slightly questionable. And then you have another offer, oh, this is a $100 million project with an amazing crew and people that I know of and uh, it seems like they have their stuff together. So there, if you go with the $500,000 one, um, that's kind of your mistake. But the, the problem is that we are in a learning environment and everyone is paying to get an education on how to work on films yeah. and the problem is that there are so many film students that don't really know how to communicate interdepartmentally and I think that the problem is instead of like working together to teach each other we're just told to not not interact with those people instead of the professors cross teaching and film students students learning from production design professors and I think I mean I, I believe that it is getting better I believe now that like we have these sitcoms and I think that um, like in the collaborative classes like film students will be learning from production design and film professors and sound professors all at the same time and I think it's important, but I think it needs to happen sooner. Like I think that like entry level film students should at the very least have a base knowledge of what a production designer does and how to talk to them on a set. Okay. Now let's talk about the other side as well. What do you think production designers at SCAT need to learn better when it comes to dealing with film? I think that... Because uh, we've established that um, and I partially agree with that because I think it's not so black and white. Um, that film students sometimes do not know exactly what production design entails. They see only that was a room, now it looks like a bar, whatever. Yeah, That is not all of it. So, yeah, so, so you know, the, the expectations, the involvement, the uh, communication completely agree but also you know when it comes to things like communication I think it's a two-way street but aside from that what do you think production designers at SCAD need to learn when it comes to dealing with film? Film specifically the medium of film and what I love about it so much it is it is so fast-paced and you really need to be very flexible and there's less structure than there is in live entertainment in live theater, um, everyone's job is kind of written in stone and like a designer's word is law, the director's word is law, the writer's word is law, and it's like very divided. Film is so much more fluid 
and you're like moving together on set as like a unit and like sometimes um I mean it's it's a lot more collaborative because like you're working so closely with everyone and I think that it can get intense and I think a lot of um production design students may not know um how to deal with that intensity in real time because you know we're, we communicate through emails yeah. <laughs> and like in sit down meetings and not under pressure of like this needs to happen now like a problem just arose something just broke we need a duplicate we don't have a duplicate like this needs to happen this problem needs yeah. to be solved right now um, and I think that if you have only worked in live theater um, it can feel like you are being challenged in a way that you didn't sign up for. Um, but that's, uh, I think, the beauty and the ugliness of, like, in one. I think yeah. the demands of film are, is something that production design students may not be used to working in. And I think also the production design department is growing. So I think it'll be better at involving younger students quicker in, in leadership roles. Because now, I mean, we have our, all of the film students at some point will direct their film, like in every class that they take, but not every production designer designs a film every quarter. Um, and so I think learning the interworkings of an art, art department each quarter and like getting to fill each role and learning how to collaborate within an art department on a film set would be really vital to us to like get into that rhythm yeah. of um, leaning on your department and not having to do it all on your own because nobody wants to work underneath you. Um, so you're not doing 30 people's jobs as a you know, one-man crew. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think just repetition and like getting involved and jumping in and having professors there to say, to like lay down some groundwork. Because um, right now, I think a lot of production designers feel like every set they're working on, they're reinventing the wheel. Because um, they don't, we don't have a lot of guidance. We're we're really learning um, while we're on set. Mm -hmm. And I think um, that's a big part of film. It's learning by doing. Like I'm a strong believer that you can learn how to make films in a classroom. You gotta learn how to make a film by making more films and making more mistakes. And we literally learn by doing. And uh, it's very true how fast-paced film is and that's what makes it super stressful but also so interesting mm -hmm. because uh, you know it tires you but also it makes you feel like you've achieved so much yeah. under so much pressure and that's beautiful we actually recently uh, worked on this giant music video under a lot of pressure <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm very proud of it I think what we achieved um, in that period of time was amazing and I think maybe the only reason that 
we keep on working on student films is like the like awe afterwards after it's done that it actually worked out and you actually put together a whole production in two weeks which is not ideal <laughs> but you know sometimes you do Crazy you know the impossible yeah, yeah. when possible <laughs> now the last question uh, is I want to know what's the craziest thing production design wise that after doing it you're like wow I didn't think I can pull that off but it's something that you told yourself maybe and you didn't admit or even if you did but you know if if I pulled something off and I didn't think I would I wouldn't admit to it um, mm. Yeah, I want to know what's the craziest, biggest thing, not biggest, craziest thing that you've done, that afterwards you were like, wow, I'm amazing. The craziest production or like? No, like you pulled something off that you think was wonderful, production design-wise. I think that any time... And I want like an example, like I built a robot, you know. Okay, I love rigging yeah. and we don't have like special effects crew here so like a lot of the time like we get to do it um so anytime like something needs to fall or like uh like one time we had to waterboard a girl and we ended up sewing a plastic bag between two rags um to like keep her face dry and keep it safe um it, like things like that, like any like special effects uh, type of thing and like construction wise too, like any like doors that need to open automatically that, you know, we don't have an automated, you know, way to open doors on a set, any, you know, functional, you know, props, levers, buttons, things like that. And then also um, we had to rent a bunch of medical equipment and like medical equipment for film is a lot different that like you can't just rent medical equipment because it has to be able to work without a body connected to it yeah. um, and I think being able to pull off a functioning set is really rewarding like something that actors can interact with and um, doesn't just look beautiful but like is like involves the story with the set and they're interacting with each other I think that's cool yeah she was the end of it talking about um, Bryson's senior film mm -hmm. correct that's uh, the DP actually is our voice of God Noah is <laughs> back here but yeah I thought that's amazing well that was the last thing I uh, appreciate you coming here I hope you guys enjoyed the second episode if you watched it and uh yeah thanks for coming Thank appreciate for it me. if you have formal handshake oh god <laughs> bye well that's a wrap <laughs>